Hey, Connor. So, uh, why are we so late on this episode? Icewind Dale. This is The Christian Artist. Honoring Christ to creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. Welcome to the 43rd episode of what, The Christian What? <laughs> Every time. I just Every noticed that it's just my reaction. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been out like... Uh, three four days ago but <laughs> i i mean i guess we technically could have done it on friday um well or thursday i guess what ha- really happened we did do icewind dale um a lot of the days in the in the past three or four days um we played yesterday we played on sunday and we played on thursday um but then on friday i had stayed up really late on at night on thursday playing one of the choice of games uh, and then that's I, what it was. I was up really late. It that day. Yeah. So we said tomorrow. And, and then, then I, I was running a role, that uh, the superhero role-playing game for mm-hmm. uh, Roll20 people. Oh, no, I had to work. And you had to work. I had to work, so we didn't do it then. But then... I had to work that night, too, actually. And Sunday... Sunday... We, we should have done it after church. Yeah. That was the plan. It. And then we were like, hey, Icewind Dale. <laughs> and then we did Icewind Dale. And then we went to youth group. And then I came home around nine, and, and I then was we like, did worse with Dale again, <laughs> and we were like, "Yeah." And then we actually beat the game that night. Yeah, so yeah, we did. It was worth it, but I'm sure you guys don't think it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they really cared that much. But Carly yeah. was dying, man. Yeah, was she was she? dying inside. I don't know. Was she there? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't. I don't presume to speak for you, Carly. That's good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically, this is our fault. And we apologize. Yeah. But that's, we, we got some, uh, let's say that we were doing our studying, and that's what we're going to talk about on the episode today. Well, not entirely. We're going to talk about Icewind Dale. We are going to talk about Icewind Dale. Because I don't think there's anything else we could really talk about. Um, I think I might actually talk about uh, choice that choice of games thing a little bit. Um, and maybe... Well, no, because I'm, I'm still going to do it, so just wait until later. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Once you finish it, we should we should talk about that and the choice right, of games so, in general. Um, we'll plan on today next year. Okay. Yeah. No, you need to finish that. I'm gonna read Calamity, Shadows of Self, and Bands of Morning, and the Kel, yeah. uh, the Kel book. Yeah. And by that time, and by that time, Stormlight Three will be out. Three will be out, and uh, it'll be all downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll probably finish it sometime soon or start it sometime soon. Yeah, it's fun. Mm. Once you start it, I don't think you'll stop because eh. it's really fun. I don't know. Anyway, I apologize if I end up coughing at all during this episode because for some reason my cough is back and I'm sick, somewhat sick again, and it's kind of out of control. But I will attempt to control it for your guys' sake. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about Icewind Dale today, and the reason we're going to be talking about that, as we, you know, kind of specified, is because we're kind of obsessed with it at the moment, and we played it a lot in the last couple of days, and hey, we finished break. it. spring break, we have no, we have no obligations. Yeah, I mean, except that's Except for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, technically we, we beat the original campaign, um, the main game, on Sunday night, or early Monday morning, if you want to count that. <laughs> um, but then on Monday, we started in the Heart of Winter content, which is like the expansion pack that they made for it, and it's included in the game. 
um, which I mean obviously isn't ne- nearly as fun as um, the original campaign was, but it was it's still been yeah. interesting. And not only just because it's usually expansion packs which aren't as good, um, you know, it's bonus content, so it's it's different than the actual story and it's shorter, so that you can't really get into it's it. It's also much. kind of shoehorned in. It is. It is. That's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. it's, it's shoehorned in because it's not a uh, sequel. It's a prequel. It's a kind of yeah. It's like a. It's like in the middle of what has been happening. It's a parallel story. Yeah. It's almost. like so while you were. Doing all this really important stuff. Somewhere in between, you decided to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) And do this other important thing. Yeah. Which wasn't nearly as important, but it was still really cool. Because of AO9 and Ahonan, whatever his name is. Yeah, Ahonan, right? Ahonan. Ahonan. Yeah, AO9. AO9. I don't know. It's cool. But yeah, we haven't finished it yet, so we can't really say too much about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically we're going to, what we're going to do is kind of analyze Icewind Dale and just talk about why it's a good story, why it's interesting, why it's a fun game, so on and so forth, and encourage you guys to play it because it's really fun. It, uh, for the, uh, the holiday sale that they, that Steam always tends to have around Christmas, um, <clears throat> they, they were selling it for like $10 or something like that. I think it's 12, 12. Okay. They had, I think it's like 20 now. But um, it's definitely worth your time. Like it's a, it's the Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition. Basically, they they revamped the entire game, made it make more sense, made it have a, a lot more flexibility and optimization and, and customization you can do with your characters, and it was just a blast. Like I I had so much fun with the new stuff because I I've played through at least half of that. Like I've gotten to like the halfway point of that game like several times, never actually beaten it. But even though I had played through it so many times, it was still really fun, not only because of the new stuff that they added in, but also because I was playing it with Connor and Jared, and that has to be fun. So, But yeah, so what do we want to talk about specifically? Well, first of all, we should say that this we used to play this game when we were like three and yes. six. This is, this we is may have talked card. about this before in the podcast. I'm not entirely I'm sure. sure we have somewhere. But uh, yeah, it's very old RPG tabletop kind of game it's but it's a real-time strategy it's not turn-based well technically is turn-based but you it plays in real time so yes. like your, your characters do something no matter what or just sit there during the turn like it doesn't pause at every turn and then have you do things um, but you can pause at any time and make your characters do things so so the, so the actual s- mechanics of the game work in turns but you know it's it's played as real time yeah but, uh, well, you could basically say that for everything, though. Is it technically mechanics that works on turns? Like, your mm. your character does damage every so often. Like, in any RTS I game. I guess. It technically is turn-based. I but guess. this is more of an RPG. It's turn-based in the fact that it's it's Dungeons & Dragons 2.0. Like actual turns, yeah. yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah, so, you know, and it's just a huge, like, thing for us. And, the, like, the voices... Of all the characters are just so iconic for mm-hmm. us, and all the portraits are just really good art. But yeah, like the the art overall is just fantastic. Of all the different uh, portraits that you can make for your characters, and all the different voices, and there's just so much customization and so many different magical items that you can find in the game, mm-hmm. and so there's just so much customization. And it's also it's also randomized it. each time. Like yeah. at least some of the stuff. Like uh-huh. there's some stuff that's the same, but it, it's also randomly generated to some extent too. So you could play through the whole game again and then get different things, mm-hmm. um, which I did multiple times. So. Mm-hmm. so that's really cool. Of just 
you know, every time you play it, it's a different adventure. You know, it's it, but it's because it's different characters, different items, you know, different randomly generated stuff, but it's still the same exact story. And uh, uh, we'll get into the story later, um, but we'll tell you beforehand because it's spoilers. And yeah, we're, the, if you want to yeah. play the game, it's literally, it's it's. And you know, in back in the day, it was a really great childhood game of mine. Oh yes, definitely. but I could never get very far in it because of the difficulty, and I didn't really care too much about the story because I was a kid. And once we beat it, it literally jumped to top ten games of all mm-hmm. time because the story was so fantastic. Yeah. It's always been in my top ten, um, but I think it might have bumped up a few a few spots from where it is because <laughs> it's so great. great. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious! So yeah, and. You know, if you don't like single-player games, uh, play it with your friends. Play it with your friends. It's fantastic. That's the with only the, reason. Yeah, we, with the enhanced edition, the it's thing. so easy to do multiplayer. You don't have to finagle with any sort of land stuff or whatever. Like, you just get on, and they have servers that are just set up, and you can play it. Even if you have the same copy of the game, um, like, if you use the same profile on Steam with, you know, a friend, a friend or, uh, like, your sibling or whatever, you guys can play on two different computers with the same account as long as one of the accounts is offline, and it's, you know, there won't be any problems. You can do that online against each other, and it'll be awesome. Or with each other, I guess. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, great. super easy to do that, um, so. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about mechanic stuff oh you I mean overall it was just fantastic to play it with jared yeah um because jared's just characters had, were the jared, most yes. ridiculous jared's characters ran into combat exploded everything like whenever whenever jared would start chuckling or um, <laughs> say, wait say, guys i'm gonna do uh, I'm yeah gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna do something back up like that happened a lot because there's a lot of area of effect spells that he had so you would cast fireball and it would just explode fire everywhere he had a sword that every 20 hits, like a 5% chance, that it would just explode and fire. And so he would just, like, we'd just be fighting or whatever, and then just fire would explode everywhere, and all of us would die or something. And we, I, I uh, want to, I wonder how many times our characters actually died. Yeah, in that well, game. I wonder how many times our characters got hurt from Jared or got killed <laughs> from Jared. Yeah, we had to reload a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one, one thing. If you are going to play the game real quick, just throw that in there. Uh, save it a lot because yeah. you're gonna die a lot. It's a hard game. I mean, um, okay, there's a difficulty. You can technically setting. change the difficulty. You yeah. you can even go all the way down and make it a story tell story mode, and your characters are invulnerable at that point. But don't play the game like that. Yeah, like it's way more fun. To Icewind like. Dale. The point of Icewind Dale is the difficulty. Oh yeah. Um, like we for most of the game we played it on insane difficulty. We played it on Heart of Fury mode at the very beginning. Yeah, that's true. We had it on hard, hard we had it on them, for a while. Yeah, which is the one step up, which makes the, the creatures do, like, a billion more damage, like, mm-hmm. with each hit. Well, no. no. Like, 100% it, more it damage, makes them, something like that. It makes them hit more, and yeah. makes them do more damage, and it makes them much stronger. Mm-hmm. Like, much uh, more hit points kind mm-hmm. of thing. They're a lot harder to kill. It, But, yeah, it was just crazy how hard that game is. Mm-hmm. And the, for the original Icewind Dale, uh, the game was on Heart of Fury mode all the time you couldn't change the difficulty mm-hmm. is so it was that hard you couldn't do anything um as long you know it had to be hard of fury mother it was no difficulty setting and so when i was, was playing so it when i was playing it by myself i had a six character party which is the maximum you can have and i was con- trying to control all six of those people at once and trying to beat these fights 
And I must have been, like, a masochist or something because, like, I I had to reload those battles hundreds of times sometimes to f- actually beat this, this the part I was at um, because it was so difficult to try to manage six things going on at once and, and make sure that nobody died. And I didn't have any cheat codes or anything like that going through or I- anything of the sort, and I was, like, just trying to make it, and if one of my characters died, I had to reload, because I hadn't gotten, like, the resurrection spell yet or anything, and, uh, yeah, so it was so much easier just like that, having only two characters to manage, and we Mm -hmm. split the, you know, each of us had two characters, and so that was just so much easier to manage, and I realized that if you, if you're not really into video games, pretty much everything we're talking about right now is, like, boring to you. Oh, yeah, that's Um, a good point. So we'll try to get into the story. Um, in a second here, just because I think it's pretty interesting when you actually look at the story. Yeah. But I think the one main thing I would say is probably the number one draw besides the story in this game is the combat. Like, it's just super interesting. Like, all the different options you have, all the different enemies you have to face, and it's very tactical, very combat-heavy. If you're, if you're not into super combat-heavy games, then, you know, okay, I guess. you can If you want to play Icewind Dale in story mode, then uh, you can go ahead. It's still a fun story. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Part of the challenge of that game is having to reload a dozen times yeah. to get through the boss fight. And when you finally get defeat the giant snake goddess, <laughs> then you will love no. yourself. It was just terrible. Uh, and, you know, it's because everything is, like, rolled, sometimes you would beat a boss battle and have no idea what you did differently. Yeah. It's it just like, just I guess I got lucky. hit. Like, I guess I got hit less and I hit more. And that's just how that went, I guess. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, I'll, I'll also put a link um, in the description to um, the Twitch account that we're playing Icewind Dale on. Um, we're, we're still oh, yeah. going through the Heart of Winter content. Yeah, so if you if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to watch us play the entire game of Icewind Dale, go ahead. Um, I don't have... it's They only have the last four broadcasts up because I think it, it deletes them after 30 days oh, or whatever, but I have all the files saved. So oh, okay. sometime soon, I'm going to like upload them all to YouTube. So. Okay. And when that happens, I'll, I'll link to it in one of the episodes or something like that. So Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we will try to get into spoilers later. Um, we'll try to kind of tell you the beginning, you know, town and stuff like that and try to explain what was going on. Um, but then we're definitely going to get into spoilers. So if you did want to play the game, uh, just kind of skip through this, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Can't really put in like a press this button to skip all of the spoilers. No. You You know, can't really do that. So, oh, well. Uh, not to deal with it. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you create a party um, of six characters. Six characters. Well, you can you, you can, can do, can one do less. Six. There yeah. was a rumor going around that someone beat the game with just one sorcerer, um, which, which I don't is, think is possible. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> he was probably on an easy difficulty. No, no, no. He was. It was the original game. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. No, I don't. Ridiculous. That's not possible. I. You can't be. Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just crazy. Ugh. I'm just trying to think of the fact of we had to play that game always on the original Icewind Dale difficulty setting. We were kids. I know. We were kids. I have no idea how I got as far as I did yeah. when I was like 14. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so, uh, you know, you start out in this quiet fishing village of East Haven. Um, and the narrator kind of, you know, is telling you about this peaceful little village and how... 
uh, you, uh, these characters weren't sure about the, the, you know, the events they're about to unfold. Well, technically, the like actual that. beginning is the narrator explaining the story of Jared Stone. Right. Which is, um, there's this um, wizard who comes to the barbarian tribes in the north, tries to conquer them all, ends up making a gate to the lower plains and sending a bunch of demons out, and everybody was dying, and there's going to be bad juju happening. And <laughs> so Jared the Barbarian ran into the portal, and, and his blood like, fused with it and, and like uh, they sealed the portal, and it was made into this big slab of stone with he, him frozen in the center of it. Um, and that's like the opening that he sets up, which at first you're like, what does this have to do with anything? And then you start off the game and it's a very cliche kind of start where you're like, oh, all these, these six adventurers are huddled around a table, swapping tales and making grand plans for the future mm-hmm. all the while uh, unaware of the tale that is about to unfold. Um, and I've heard that line so many times that I've memorized it. Um, and yeah, so you start off in an in and oh, in, of once you course. Get your bearings, come along to um, <laughs> come along and see me at my house. house. It's just a couple of doors west of here. here. There's some, some business, business I would discuss, discuss with you. Farewell. <laughs> Heard that so many times. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're you're sitting on a you're sitting in a tavern, of course, because that's how all every adventure starts in Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, a, a guy named Rothgar comes up to you and. Um, Basically, he says, "Hey, there's some business I would discuss with you. You know, make sure you're you're well on your best behavior while you're in my town. I'm in <laughs> charge here. You know, don't make any trouble. And yeah, if you try to attack any townspeople, um, Horathgar comes out and he just pone pone slaps you. Yeah, so. it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's just so powerful. Um, so word of the word of the wise: don't uh don't attack the squirrel. Yeah, don't <laughs> attack the squirrel. That's a no no. Um." But yeah, basically you you can there's a bunch of different side quests in East Haven, which is the town you start in, and you can there's a lot of really interesting kind of little tidbits of story there that you can pick up, and some of the things that actually like come into play way later in the game, like at the very end of the game, some yeah, of the things come into play, and in the uh, the extra content mm-hmm. too. I, I wonder if the game, what the, how the game would be different if we never had done that side quest. I know, right? Like, it, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, you, you do a bunch of stuff like that and then you go to talk to Rothgar and he's like, Hey, um, there's an expedition that we're sending to Kaldahar, which is a neighboring town because there was some sort of like trouble going on there and you have to go, um, we're going to go figure it out you know, figure out what's wrong, vanquish the evil. It'll be great. And you say, Hey, you want to come along? And we're like, okay, sure. Um, uh, another thing that's interesting in East Haven is that you go to this temple, um, which uh, apparently has Jared Stone in the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're like, oh, okay. So there's some sort of tie here to that beginning story. And uh, Connor ended up insulting the the priest yeah. in the temple. And, and, <laughs> you know. He was he was telling me about, uh, about Jared Stone and... Uh, oh, now I forget what it was. It was something about... He, he said something about, like... Well, he believed that the story of Jared Stone was a waste. He was like, uh, right. Jared, uh, the sign that Tempos gave Jared was to signify that the battle was already won. And, and Jared mm-hmm. took it to mean that he was supposed to throw himself on the gate of the lower plains. Like, that's ridiculous. That's That was, like, foolhardiness. And, like, he, he failed as God. And, and yeah. then... And I insulted him. Yeah, you're like... No, Jared was awesome. <laughs> it was, was funny because Jared... Our friend made a character named Jared yeah. <laughs> in the game, and there was another barbarian named Jared in the yeah. game. So yeah, there was a lot of Jareds going on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, so, you know, you go off to Kaldahar, a bunch of stuff happens, and basically the whole story is about this evil that's coming to Icewind Dale, and, and you're trying to figure out what is the source of the evil. And you end, end up getting to the, you know, the whole end of the game, and figuring out what that evil was, and it's just a crazy ride where you're you're fighting all these um, crazy monsters and powerful wizards and, like, really powerful demon things. I would say the most... The most, Such as the snake goddess. Yes. I would say that the most uh, interesting and, like, the, the greatest strength of Icewind Dale is that everywhere you go, it seems like there's some sort of side quest that doesn't need to be done. Mm-hmm. But if you do it, it you rich, get... It enriches the story. It, it enriches the story in, in ways you couldn't even explain. Um, well, you, you could explain it. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, what would this story be without this side quest right here? Mm-hmm. And I don't even need to do it. Like I would understand the story enough so that I could just keep going kind of a thing. But this is just like, what? This is so cool. This, this little thing in the corner that I would have missed if uh-huh. I wouldn't have searched everywhere. So many um, sad things happen in this game. Yeah. But, and then, but every villain seems to have you know, some really cool story and really cool background. Really cool like, motivations if, for why they do what they do. If you are mad at the Marvel movies for not having any character to their villains, you will love Icewind Dale. Hmm. Because every single villain has a cool story and a cool background. kind of. And thing. I'd like to say that most, uh, basically all the dialogue in the game is text-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very, you know, harkens back to that old classic D&D computer game style. Um, if I don't know if any of you have ever played those old D&D games, but my dad used to. Um, and, but, but I tend to like those kinds of uh, dialogue options and stuff like that, because there's only so much you can do with voice acting. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMORPG, probably comes the closest it ever could to yes. making voice acting, voice acting flexible. Mm-hmm. Um but this is really an impressive job. That yeah, they did. I know they really so did. much money on the voice acting. I know, um, but uh, Icewind Dale, even though there are somewhat limited options, because there always will be in in any sort of dialogue mm-hmm. in in the game, because it's not a tabletop role playing game. You're not playing with a GM who's a real person. It's a it's a you know programming, and it can only go so far. But there's still enough option that you feel like you're in control. You feel mm-hmm. like you're doing something actively. Yeah, it does a very good job of, okay, this is your goal. This is what your characters want to do. So then here's the options. As long as those two things are correct, these are the, op- you know, yeah, the options yeah. that you would say. And, and so there is the, the issue of, okay, why do my characters want to try to save the world? But if you can jump that hurdle, then you're, you, you know, you'll be fine. You just ha- yeah, you basically have you're... to suspend your disbelief that these people, um, will will actually want to try to save the world, will want to be active and try to you know f- help people. So I would suggest not making your characters evil. <laughs> yeah, as long as your characters feel like they they have a greater purpose and they want to try to to do this. Yeah, and really, as long as most of your characters or like the leader character wants to do the good thing. It makes perfect sense. Yep. And it seems like there are so many different fights, though, that you can either ignore parts of the fights or ignore fights entirely. Mm. Like, you can go to this one place and be like, hey, um, instead of fighting me, you should just give me what I want. And we, like, tricked a frost giant 
into just giving us what we wanted instead of having to kill a frost giant. Mm-hmm. Because he thought we worked for his master, who mm-hmm. was apparently the evil demon who was trying to destroy the world. Yeah, so we just were like, yes, we do right work there. for your evil master. And what do you think he'll say if you don't give us what we yeah. want? And he's like, okay, fine. I'll yeah. give you the stupid badge. So we didn't have to kill all of them. But we ended up doing it anyway. Yeah. For extra XP. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but then there's this one uh, place where... There's this random book in this one one room that says that this the, this guy created some iron golems. Yeah, And yeah. there's two command words for them. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, dude, are we going to have to fight iron golems? And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I should keep the book with me because then, you know, like, I'm not sure what to do here. There's nothing added to my journal or anything. It's just like, you know, told me that I now know these words. Do I know these? And so I just, we just kind of left it hoping that... As long as you picked up the book and read it, that the game says that you know the words kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then we found these two iron golems, and they were gigantic, by the way. And one of the options yeah, was I'm so glad to, we didn't have to fight them. I know. <laughs> yeah, those things are insane. But yeah, one of the options on there was to say one of the code words. And it's just like, oh, well, now we don't have to fight the iron golems. We mm-hmm. still have to fight the evil wizard lady. But yeah, it's just, you know, all these different options. And you ended of, up avoiding problems accidentally slaughtering blind gnomes <laughs> yes but that was not my fault at all it was not my fault at all i thought summon insects uh-huh. or summon swarm of insects wouldn't target everyone in the room yes yeah and i figured it was worked like fireball where i could shoot it at something and then it would explode everywhere mm. but no it just centers on the cat and on the caster so uh-huh. i hurt everybody okay uh, yeah actually no i think i, I did know that you couldn't use it like a fireball, but then I forgot. And then I tried using it anyway, and I was like, oh, wait, no! Yeah. <laughs> I killed a bunch of blind gnomes. It was so sad. And I t- kept telling you guys to just reload it so it didn't have it on my conscience. <laughs> but okay. Well, we beat the guy. We're not going to go back at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it took us like six uh-huh. tries to actually beat him. Yeah. And, you know, there's also... Uh, a reputation system and by the end of the game we were despised by most everybody I don't actually know what the reputation system was supposed to do though well, because I didn't, yeah, I it didn't know. seem didn't like really, anyone it didn't really do anything it was just kind of like it. look you're, you're terrible people <laughs> or you're not terrible people I mean obviously you're still Think saving about the what world you've done. <laughs> yeah yeah that's basically what it is there was this one time where there was a bunch of like uh, villagers and stuff that were just in great pain and they were all like being tormented and possessed I think and so Jared was like, oh, we'll just put them out of their, their misery, misery, man. They're just, like, sitting there being, like, just dying. And, like, you know, we can't save them. We can't do anything, right? And so he just started killing them. And we were like, it, it, Jared, what are you doing? And he was like, what? I mean, they're, they're like, in dire pain. What are we just going to do? Leave them here to bleed for all eternity? And then, we, like, the game just said, yeah, you're not despised. Your <laughs> reputation, everybody hates you. You're like, and no! We, don't, we didn't know how anyone found out about that in the yeah, first place. Yeah, that was, didn't really make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. Yep, but when I get all these episodes on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to watch through our entire playthrough. And, yeah. yeah. That was pretty great. That's pretty great. But okay, now we'll go ahead and get into spoilers here. Uh, the, one of the reasons that we loved Icewind Dale so much, like part of it when I we started playing again was nostalgia. It was like, okay, we've I know these characters, I know this town, like I love mm-hmm. East Haven. The reason we named it, that named the playthrough on our channel on Twitch, um, East Haven Dreams, is because East Haven, part of our childhood is in East Haven. Yeah, and great. it was wonderful. Um, but then. 
you know, we, we kept playing through and the story was more interesting and more interesting and more interesting. And, 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 you know, I knew it was interesting because of, I had played through at least half of the game, but then we got, you know, far than far enough so that, um, we could be just as interested. Yeah. Like, well, we got far enough that it was past the point where I could remember what happened and, um, past the point where I was, I had played and then the story just kept getting more interesting. And then you're like, okay, well, what is the point of this? Like what, who, who is this demon thing that's trying to destroy the world? And then you get you fight him at the very end, this guy named Pokalin, and he's he's posing as a priest. And, and you fight him, and he's like this evil demon thing. And then you you manage to like mortally wound him, it seems like, and then it goes to a cutscene, and then you're teleported. with he, he teleports away to try to escape you, and you accidentally teleport with him to back to East Haven. Or maybe he did it on purpose. Like I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, I wasn't either. It sounded like he was trying to tell us, like that he he brought us here on purpose. But it, it also could have been he accidentally teleported us here because mm-hmm. he sounded annoyed that we were here. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's another layer that I loved about Icewind Dale. But uh, you, you go back to East Haven, and East Haven is now encased in ice. <laughs> like everybody's <laughs> like rounded up by these cyclopses, and um, and all of the characters are still there, and that's the coolest part is you come back and all these characters, you have to go save all the different characters. Um, and you know what we should have wondered is what? why Pomab wasn't in the cage. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't think about that at all. I just didn't... It just, you know, I don't remember all the... I, I just didn't think about, yeah. you know, where, where is Pomab or where are all the rest of the characters? I just thought, oh, these are the characters that survived kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like every NPC in the entire town was in there. Yeah, the I'm pretty though. sure it was. Yeah. Except for Jonan, of course, because he gave us the magical blade, sword, <laughs> which was part of the subquest at the very or the subquest. Like literally, at the very, the very beginning, beginning of the game, you can do the subquest, and at the very end of the game, he'll give you the sword that you helped him get. Yep, and he was like, "Hey, it it reformed overnight. You know, it was this broken blade that was like just an an heirloom, but now it reformed itself, and I think you're supposed to have it. So here you go. Here's a plus five sword, and it was awesome. It was so great. <laughs> and so, um, and, and you know, the main demon apparently can't be hurt by anything um, lower than a plus three, so that was handy having. <laughs> yes, that was very handy to have. Um, but yeah, like we, we, you go up to you go to the temple where Jared Stone is, mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, okay, he's trying to, you know. Um, use Jared Stone to open the portal to the Lower Plains again, and he's gonna try to destroy the world with demons. That makes sense. And um, you you meet the 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 same priest who Connor insulted at the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, down below, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna ready my stuff um, uh, and, and make sure I know the enchantments so we can protect Jared Stone. And um, I have to admit that when he started talking about well, we need the, I need the enchantments to like protect Jared Stone or all that stuff, he, he didn't specify what what the enchantments would do, like what the passwords would do. And so I was like, well, are you evil priest, man? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because at this point in the game, the yeah, at too. this point in the game, you kind of suspect anyone of being able to be evil because, you know, there was that snake cult who totally didn't seem evil at the beginning. There was that one drill that you sell all your stuff to. And Apparently then, and then, he started the war yeah, that killed everyone. Great war. Between the dwarves and the elves that... It's like, yeah. here's a bunch of magical weapons. Wait, you what? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get these? This <laughs> is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um... We ended up killing him because he was yeah. an evil person. Um, but yeah, we, we got to the end and uh, you 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 get to like the midway point to go to the top to where Jared Stone is and Pomab is there. And you're like, 
wait, what? What are you doing here, Paul Mob? Is Paul this, Mab this is shopkeeper a, from the very beginning? Mm-hmm. He was like this kind of snooty, arrogant little shopkeeper man, and I was like, uh, you're you know, you know one, you know. Um, and and you, I, I played through the game so many times that Paul Mob and Rothgar and the people in the town of East Haven are mm-hmm. so ingrained in my brain yeah. that I'm like, oh, this is Pomob, you know, at the beginning of the game. You're like, oh, it's this, this, this snooty shop here. Don't, don't pay any attention to him. Uh-huh. But then you get to the end of the game, and apparently, and I'm just realizing this now, he says that his master or whatever sent him to the north to, to keep an eye on things. Like, he actually says that. Um, Wait, what do you mean? He, he implies that he's from the south, like from oh, okay. the Middle Eastern kind of style culture. That's oh, in when the he south says it at the very beginning of the game that his yeah. master sent him to keep an eye on things up here. Well, he just—I don't know if he uses those specific terms. I'm trying to remember exactly what he says. He says something about the fact that he was sent up here um, to watch, like, to trade caravans or whatever. Something like that. And then uh, you have the option to, like, insult him and say, oh, yeah, like, you're so important, like, because you know, he was implying that, yes, my, mm. you know, my, the person I'm, you know, who's in charge of me gave me this important job. Um, you know, you, you, you stinking up barbarians. And he's like, oh, you have the option to say, yeah, yeah, you're important. Uh-huh. You're, you know, you're the... You're the king. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're important. And I'm the king of Mithra Hall. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you realize at the end of the game that, oh... Pomob is there. He's apparently the second-hand man of this demon who's trying to destroy the world. And he also is the reason that Hrothgar dies in the expedition. Yeah, he's literally he my favorite up. character in the I entire know. game. You only see him at the very beginning, uh, but he's great. He's so great. You said great, Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but then... So then, basically, Pomab's like, yeah, I was the one who would evil and, you know, set up the destruction of your expedition and set all of these things in motion and killed Hrothgar and killed hundreds of people and mm. I'm evil and, and we're just like what? Pomab from my childhood? Well I, I've always evil? wanted to kill him. Uh, really? I've, I've always hated him. Oh. He was He's a, just a snotty old a snotty I didn't man. Really, I didn't really care what he said. All, all I was like is oh he's supplying me with weapons. So. Yeah I know but I always <laughs> talked to him like I always tried to have a conversation and, and I he was just so arrogant every time mm-hmm. I was like yes I get to kill Poma this is great he's actually an yeah. evil 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 person so this is great and then uh, we had to fight like a bunch of skeleton guardian thingies and mm-hmm. he cast a spell on himself so he, he had a an illusion he didn't know which one was him there's a bunch of hymns running around we finally managed to kill him and yeah that was satisfying yeah that was a really good boss battle because you actually had to pay attention to which one was him mm-hmm like and they, they kept t- constantly teleporting and yeah. it wasn't just like oh just keep killing the mirrors until you know you find the right one because it, there you, are a bunch of couldn't... skeleton guardians attacking well no you not too. even that but though you couldn't do damage to any of the mirrors you just went through it and nothing happened uh-huh. so you had, you had to, to find, find the exact the one the right and do one. enough damage to him to actually kill him mm-hmm. and he took a lot of damage too but yeah i, I just, think in that fight i uh, mainly just focused on uh killing the skeleton guardian yeah things. probably well no i mean that was okay you're the cleric yeah turn undead true. yeah but yeah oh, just fantastic game but then you go up into the the top floor yeah the lot top the floor temple. where the jared St- where jared stone mm-hmm. is held well in, inside a mirror you go through a magical mirror first which i, yeah. really, I don't know what that's about know. well it's, i, I it's guess it's cool. probably just because um they don't want any just anyone going up yeah. to the Jared Stone place. Ooh, magical mirror. Yeah. I guess I'll just go through it. I, I have a feeling that it was activated specifically at that time. Yeah. So I wonder. The, what I'm curious about now is if you can go up to that top floor in the beginning of the game in the temple. No, no, you mm-hmm. can't. Okay, no. that's what I figured. Is you couldn't. No. But, yeah. I, uh, what's his name? Everard, the priest. He he opens the the stairs for us. He lets us go up. Ah, uh, right. Okay. 
So yeah, so then you get up there and you fight the evil demon guy. We well, literally the evil, basically the evil demon guy's like, yeah, I'm gonna open Jared's stone. Oh yeah, and he does. we're gonna yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna, I'm gonna flood the entire world with demons, and it will be great. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I I'm Belafet, I'm this demon, this demon lord, and I'm gonna destroy the entire world, and we're gonna sack the world of its plunders and bring it back to the lower planes. And we're like, what? <laughs> and then Everard shows up. And he apparently he has a has he apparently had an epiphany, and he's like, no, the the story of Jared Stone was not about um a, was not a waste. It was a story of sacrifice. It was a story of you know uh, letting yourself die so that others might live. He said that like the symbols on 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 the bottom of the temple started glowing or whatever, and he was like, uh, oh man, and I like I just felt this you know this overcoming. Oh, he said he said that it only does that when Tempos is calling him to battle or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And so he's like, oh, I know what I have to do now. And then the portal's open, and he does this exact same thing that Jared did. Runs through the demon lord and his two lackeys that came through the lower planes. Gets hit by fire spell. Yeah. Still makes it to he's the... Like, still makes it to the to the uh, portal. Seals himself in. And then the demon's really annoyed, and he's like, oh, well, I have the spell, and I can, I'll figure out a way to open it again. I just have to kill you guys. And then he turns on you when he kills you. And the first time we played that battle, we died like one hit <laughs> every single person like you can take enough damage that your character explodes like you can you can die and then your body falls down and you're just dead and you can be resurrected or, or there's sometimes where if you take so much damage over that your body literally just explodes mm-hmm. and uh you can't be res at that point yeah and you cannot be resurrected so you're permanently dead that happens to like three of our characters in the first battle yeah and usually when something like that happens we're just like oh okay well we'll just prepare before the battle Put you know, all these b- potions b- and buff spells, buff spells and, and get everybody prepared, and then we go in. And but as soon as the conversation ends, he dispels all magical effects on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a trap in the room, I think that did mm-hmm. that something like that. So, you know, nobody can do any sort of buff or anything. Any preparation, any you preparation have to run at into all. A blind. Um, and there are traps labeled all over the floor, and literally the only reason we beat it, and we we were on insane heart of fury mode. And then we were on insane mode for like the last. No, we were on hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the game, yeah. Yeah, and the then, last... we, then we went on hard near the very end because then we, we were put like... it to normal and we still couldn't beat uh-huh. it. <laughs> and it was just insane, and so um, I ended up cheating and using yeah. a cheat code to continually heal my character while the yeah. demon was attacking him. It was just ridiculous, <laughs> and like as soon as he stopped doing that, he took like seventy damage and then just started running around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my character was chasing him, trying to heal him. Uh, Jared's uh, sorcerer, sorceress character died. died. My thief died. And they were both, like, gibletized. Yeah. Um, And so they were both dead. So it was just my fighter character and Jared's fighter character who were... Finally, he was, like, almost dead, and we were kip-heading him. And my druid character was running around trying to heal Caleb because he was just running around in circles yeah. around the room. <laughs> and And then we finally killed him. And then it goes to this big narration where uh, the well, just demon... wait, just wait one second um, before we get into that last spoiler. Um, and, and the main reason I I cheated and healed my character was because <laughs> like I didn't feel, like at that point it was like midnight and we were like. I want to know the ending of this story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to reload this battle a million times and try to do this. I think we were actually on easy at that point. Were we? I think we were. And the last time we tried it, because 
we didn't, yeah, no, we were, we were on easy and we still couldn't do it. And it was like literally impossible. We were dying in like three hits. And I was like, this isn't worth it. Like, I don't want to reload it because you had to, you had to hear the cob, the, the dialogue all Every over again. Time. And, and it was just like, I just want to know the ending of this. I think we've earned this victory and we just, I just, so I did that. So, but oh, yeah, continue. But yeah. So then, then the, uh, demon dies or whatever. And, um, goes back to the narration. Goes, screen. Yeah. Go back to the narration screen. And it's really cool because the entire time there's like a, a movie or whatever, it's basically this guy narrating it and he's turning pages of a book and there's all these different illustrations like, illustrations and so it was really cool and it basically was like and then the temple was collapsing around their ears and they just barely got out alive and, and standing they, victorious and east haven mm-hmm. was rebuilt and there was peace and and then his voice starts getting deeper and more vicious and he's like and then the demon was banished for a hundred years and he sat there plotting his revenge and it like gets really guttural and then the book goes away and the music is like super like tense at this point. And then you see green eyes open and then this demon is sitting behind a desk and he's laughing and then the desk disappears and he's, uh, he, you know, shows his wings and all this stuff. And it's Belafet, that same demon. Um, and he's laughing and being like, ah, yes, yes. Like he's free. And then the game ends and we and, and I did, Connor and Jerry didn't catch up, catch on to this, but I knew the moment he started like um, getting guttural about like his revenge and stuff like that, um, talking about the demon's revenge, that I I knew that the narrator was the demon the whole time, yeah. and that is the final reveal is that the guy who's been narrating the story of these heroes defeating this demon is the demon that was defeated, and it was like the best reveal ever. And, and I was just, we were sitting there just in awe of, like, how great an ending that was. So, yeah. So, now that we've spoiled it for you, go play it, because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Even if you know that, it's still great. Yes, it's just fantastic. Um, if you are used to, like, Skyrim RPGs, it's not this open world. It's a, it's a you know, uh, you have to do certain things to continue the story. You have story. to go through certain dungeons, certain yes. areas. But there's so many options in everything that you do and everywhere that you go. Um, not options to get around the main story, but options to defeat uh, battles and do side quests and all this other stuff. Um, there's so many battles. D- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just there's so much variety in how you can overcome the problems. Yeah, even with that it doesn't feel creation. like it's a railroad plot. It feels like you know your characters actually are you know want to do this, and this is what you are deciding to do. But you have, there's just a certain way you have to do it, you know. In this is to, your approach yes. to defeat, to destroy, or to yeah, fix well, this it's, problem. Yeah, it's your it's your approach. You still have to do the same thing, but it's your approach to everything. Exactly. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes. And so yeah, once again, the story is amazing. The game is just great, and especially with the enhanced edition stuff, like it it, it fixes a lot of the glitchiness, fixes a lot of the bugs, makes it more streamlined, and it's just a great game. Like if you have a Steam account, if you're into video games, please go get this game. It's really really great, and you will make us happy because you will be fulfilling our childhood. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's about it for Icewind Dale. Um yeah. Um. One thing that, you know, since the last one was the biblical friendship thing, mm-hmm. and since we're trying to do uh, both in each one, so usually, you know, we focused on either the Christian uh, stuff that we like to talk about or the artist, the art stuff that we like to talk about, since the Icewood Dale stuff. 
Um, we're trying to do it so that we do both. And if you listen to the last couple episodes, I'm just repeating myself. <laughs> but so now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about the biblical friendship thing as something that we, uh, um, we're talking about over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, is this whole thing of, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, it's supposed to have accountability and stuff like that. Um, we were talking and if, you know, if it, we were saying that, you know, if me, Caleb and Jared, ever had a Bible study of, you know, just us, we wouldn't really talk about anything that didn't pertain to us. And we'd read every verse, you know, talking about the stuff that we all agree on. And everything would point to what we um, want the Bible to say instead Mm -hmm. of if it was in a, you know, a bigger group of people. Who had very different viewpoints, very different approaches at life and the way they think. Mm Mm-hmm. That, and not to say that, like, you know, invite non-Christians to Bible studies that you do. You know, obviously they have to be of the same um, mindset. Like, they have to have the same beliefs, you know, to have that kind of they Bible study believe, or whatever. They have to believe actual Christianity. Yes. Yeah, they believe actual Christianity. <laughs> because if you don't have that foundation, then you You just, won't agree on anything, and there's no point. Then you need to evangelize to them. You don't need to invite them <laughs> yes. to a Bible study where you're yes. trying to discuss theological points. But, but we were we were just talking, and it's like, you know, you can't have a Bible study of people um, who agree with you on everything. and uh, Which is why uh, Connor, Jared, and I would never have a yes. Bible study just us three. That, that would just like, work. We could, we could have, like, you know, an accountability kind of thing, which I th- we kind of already do, yeah. of just, like, hey, keeping each other checked, like, hey, you shouldn't have said that kind of a thing. You know, that kind of stuff. Obviously, you need those close friends. But if, if the only... Um, discussion you ever have um, about the Bible and theology and all that stuff is with a very select group of people that only share your mindset and your strain of theology that you enjoy. Um, You're not really learning. You're not really learning anything. You're just affirming the fact that you know stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or you're affirming the fact that you want to believe this, even though the Bible doesn't say it. So just an encouragement thing here. Usually we're supposed to do some sort of quote thing, but we're just going to leave it at this for now. Well, I'll just do a Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. Yeah. As iron sharpens another, so one man sharpens another. And uh, the Amplified Bible, which, you know, does like different adjectives and stuff like that and adds in like basically all the different meanings that you could have in that sentence. It's a cool little tool. It says, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. So, like, that's what it's implying there with the, with the Hebrew words. That's what the, the Amplified Bible is saying. Um, <clears throat> which, you know, purposely, perfectly goes with what we're talking about. What we sharpen each other um, with our discussion, with our words, you know, just helping each other to understand things. Um, but I think one of the main points that I've been thinking about late, lately is that you need different iron. You, you can't always use the same iron because then... Um, you won't, and, and this the analogy basically falls apart at this point because there's no real reason why you wouldn't be able to sharpen yourself on the same iron the whole yes, time. But yes. <laughs> um, well, but no, what we're talking about is that that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. But iron sharpens iron. What it's saying is, you know, as a Christian sharpens another Christian. Yes. But if you get down to it, and you're sharpening yourself on the same person over and over again, and um, well, not not even that. It's you can't let. Um, you know, your close friends and stuff like that uh, dominate your learning. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you can't always learn the same thing over and over again. You have to, you know, spread out and, and learn more than just the, the theology that you guys always talk about. 
you know, that, that can't be all that you learn. You have to have, yeah. you know, that's why church and, you know, that's why the church body sermons, exists. Yeah. That's is, why, um, when Paul is, you know, sending these letters out to different churches, he's exhorting them to stay in the church, to keep being a body of believers, to keep encouraging each other, keeping each other accountable because and also affirming the fact that there need to be leaders in the church. Mm-hmm. There need to be people who have authority, not only to discipline, but also to teach and correct and, and yes. so on and so forth. Because if you don't have that authority, you don't have those, the pastor and the elders and that established Orthodox church structure, which Paul lays out many and many a time in, in his various letters and in Acts, you know, like the example of the church that we have in Acts, if you don't affirm to that all you're doing is you know being a group of people who agree on all the same things and won't correct each other won't challenge each other because at that point you're just agreeing with each other and everything yes you need to have people um who may disagree with you on certain yeah things. To, to you need to have people uh be in a big group so that you read the bible not from your guys's viewpoint but you read the bible for everybody's viewpoint exactly so that you don't get stuck in this you don't get oh, stuck in the eisegesis yes you have to be you able try to, to understand what it says not yes. what you want it to say and if you have enough people who say well what about this then you can start to glean out those the 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 hard like a uh, cold truth from that verse that you might be inclined to see a certain mm-hmm. way and he's like, okay, now when we mix all these things together, now we can kind of see what the possibilities of this verse might be and, yes. and come to an actual conclusion on what the proper exegesis of this verse is. And then obviously you compare it to other scripture because that's, you know, you always let scripture interpret scripture. If you just have a group of people, even if they disagree on certain points, all eisegeting and saying, oh, I think this is what it says, then you're never going to get anywhere either. It's a combination of those things where you're letting scripture interpret the scripture and, and, and letting other people who have read other scripture all, as well bring in their um, their outlook on this and then you know all, look at all the different possibilities, interpret with scripture together, and then because of all your different outlooks, it will be easier to understand what it's actually saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, overall, it's just that if you have a smaller group of people who all agree on the same things, you'll never be challenged. And if you have somebody who comes in and says, oh, wait, are you sure that that's right? What about this? Then your your beliefs are challenged. It doesn't mean that your beliefs are wrong. You know, it, it doesn't mean that either of you are wrong. You're just questioning whether or not that means what it really means or, you know, if this verse means what you want it or, or what, what, you, what you think it, it says kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just have different viewpoints in... And not have everybody, because with me, Caleb, and Jared, um, you know, we'd always just talk about um, how grace and mercy just dominates the world today. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the only gospel that really gets preached. And I'm not saying it, it is, but that's like I would say 80% of Christians today, or I would use Christians in air quotes. That that's like the Christian in religion in America. Yeah. That's probably what it is. It's because nobody wants to offend anybody. And that's all we'd ever talk about is, mm-hmm. and then we just go so far in legalism. If mm-hmm. we, if we were the only people we ever talked to yeah. about Christian stuff at all, we would just become legalists because we would mm-hmm. never have that balance ever. Yeah. 
So we would just all lean one way and stick that way. Mm-hmm. It was actually interesting. Connor said he was talking to a friend of ours and, and like was pointing that out. That that's what we're coming from. And he's like, oh, well, that's interesting because I've always come from the other side and been like, I've always had the influence of the league, the super legalistic kind of church. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to go the other way and po- emphasizing the other way because I never see that in my day to day life. And, and that's so, why it's so important to have the mix there. Because if you're, if you're coming from a very legalistic background, you're, you're, in, uh, and you're a very strong Christian trying to learn, you know, what this means to be a Christian, you might be tempted to go very far in the other direction because you're like, no, you see the flaws of the first, of the side you came from and you try to over and you try to overcorrect, um, or you don't try to overcorrect, but you try to correct and you overcorrect. Yes. Um, and it's the same thing for us. Like a lot of the people we've come into contact with and, and the viewpoints we've seen are very grace, mercy, nothing else. You never talk about justice. You never talk about wrath. You never talk about sin. Yeah. You never talk about it's sin. Like, it's just all, oh, we, we all have grace. It's yeah, fine. We, we have grace. As long as you ask for forgiveness, you can keep, keep doing whatever you want. It, it doesn't really matter. And then no Christian. one ever says that, but they all imply it by their actions. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not that anybody ever says that. They just disagree whenever we say that no <laughs> repentance is a thing it's yeah. just like uh, are you are you sure you really you really say that and we're like you know it says it in the bible right here and it's like are you sure it's just kind of <laughs> disturbing that you really believe that it's like yeah. the bible and they're like but i don't know it's just kind of uh, but the bible but i just <sighs> but but then it's the same thing on the other side too you're too mean to everybody yeah but then it's the same thing on the other side too it's like you try to point out to these legalistic christians Okay, yeah. listen, you're not helping anyone by just going around holding signs saying that God hates gays. It's like, okay, technically, <laughs> God hates all sinners. That is actual, that's the thing. But are you really going to convince anyone and of anything if you just go around telling everyone that they that God hates them just because of a specific thing that they do when when God hated you just as much when you were doing those things? And, and it's you need to tell them the other half too. You can't just say, you're going to go to hell. Without to, telling them yeah. the fact that you don't have to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. It's this thing of, okay, this is where you're headed, but God has graciously and, in, in, you know, opened up a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's the good news. You know, it wouldn't be good news if there wasn't the bad news first. Yep. You have to tell people that there's something wrong with us as a human race and then show them, uh, you know, the, the way that you can go, mm-hmm. the, the righteous path. So, yeah. Yep, there you go. That closes the book. Very nice book closing sound effects. Thanks. I'm sure that will sound great. <laughs> All right, what's our hashtag for today? Hashtag Iron Sharpens Icewind Dale. <laughs> yeah, we have to have that one. Because we talked about both those things. Hashtag, I'm glad Hrothgar didn't turn evil at the very end. That it was Pomad. <laughs> no, that would be a, that would be a, a spoiler. Oh. We don't want as our hashtag. Oh, okay. I don't even understand why we ever do this, because no one ever uses them. But, yeah, it doesn't you know. really matter. Um, I mean, some people use them sometimes. Hashtag, Pomad is snooty. Okay, you could do either one. I like the Iron Sharpens Icewind Dale. It makes no sense, though. It does, Sint, but that's the, that's the point. It's just it's okay, just mixing just, the two things n- together. <laughs> Hashtag go to church. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, well, 
you can find us on Twitter and use the hashtag if you want to. One of those hashtags that we've mentioned. Um, use all three. Of <laughs> use all of them. Um, you can find us at uh, on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show at uh, our website at christianartistshow.com on Facebook at uh, wait what is oh, facebook.com facebook.com slash christianartistshow wait did you just mess that up? yeah I did oh, that's interesting because <laughs> I did I, did, I reversed the order you should mess it up on accident <laughs> you should mess it up more often it's kind of interesting but then we have the google plus at the christian artist so yep and as I, say, no, as I said I, I'll put the link to the twitch stuff in uh, the liner notes as well Have a great week, guys.